this is Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole at the End of the World. No joke, it probably is, in a way. Welcome, I'm here with my fine original co-host, although we're missing one co-host because he died, but he's here in spirit, I feel him, Alphonse. And then we're here with our good, good, good friend, Zach, who is the co-owner of the Wuji Zen Wellness Center and Spiritual Performance Center. I might have mispronounced the name. I shouldn't do that, but I might have. Mm. Not only that, Wuji Zen Wellness Center is the new sponsor of uh, Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. Of course, that happened before Corona Apocalypse, so maybe it won't be a sponsor in a couple of weeks. Who knows? Right? <laughs> anything can happen at this point. Right? Anything can happen. So we're going to talk about Corona and magic and mental fortitude and solitude and all of those things in the second hour in the new way the show is going to run. If you're a sponsor, even if you're not today, we'll let you stay. But later when you're a sponsor for Jeff, we will go into hands-on techniques uh, and kind of things we use for this. Uh, so if anyone's watching, anyone's listening, right? We couldn't broadcast to YouTube today, but we'll get it down for next time we do the show. And... We'll announce the next show will be in two weeks, and that show will be at the same exact time, and we'll be covering, well, what do you mean I shouldn't just do black magic through the corona apocalypse? The cautionary tales. <laughs> well, you can tell, but, you know. You're going to talk about that some, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Okay. Well, lots of things, when everyone is fearful, that you can do that you can't do in normal times. And in fact, if you are the calm center of the universe, you are competent. Where everyone else is like terrified, they will look and see only competency in you. And that's actually what we're gonna talk about today, mental fortitude. Mental fortitude is the difference between getting groceries when there's nothing in the store and freaking out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people freaking out right now. Stop taking my teepee. I got them today, though. They took all the toilet paper. I took all the peanut butter creamer. Paper on the screen right there and be like, I got it right here. I got it today. I got the proof right here. The prop. <laughs> you know that would have been you, Jason. Yeah, I also found 40, a 40 pack of teepee after I stole all the creamer. There you go. Two ply. Did you get two-ply? Got uh, extra cushy with like three-ply. <laughs> so that's one of the things like, you know, part of this is being in the right place at the right time. I mean, me and Jason, we sort of sold our souls to machines in different ways. And we have jobs. We still have jobs. Uh, I have three jobs right now. You know, Zach, I'm, I'm working with him to get us back on the speed. It, corona really broke our whole business model. You know, people, he's talking to acupuncturists up there, people who should actually know about meditation, Qigong, spiritual forces, stuff like that. Freaking out. What are they doing? Freaking out. Yeah, but what are they actually doing in practice to change their whole business model? Nothing. Right. 
right? Because that's the easiest thing to do when you freak out. Let's do nothing. Let's, let's complain about how bad things are and freak out, right? But the thing is that uh, doesn't do anything to help uh, move forward. And in fact, you know, like Zach's my bro. And I was like, dude, stop freaking out. I'm going to slap you. We got to move forward. There isn't any saying where we're at. And like, this is the new reality. We're magicians. We adapt. We, we change. And we, when we can't change, we banish those parts of ourselves so we can change. We, we basically, to use the left-hand path term, we have to ascend and become more than the current reality, which is constraining. Mm-hmm. I think personally, though, I think COVID is the truth bringer. Oh, really? Yeah, don't you think? I mean, people sitting home right now, Netflixing, why are they sitting home on Netflix? Because they hate their fucking jobs. Like, if they loved the shit they were doing, they would be going out and trying to learn more about it. They'd be investing. Like, yep. oh, there's people on the, the phone. I won't, I won't name names, right? What are they doing? They're trying to learn Python. Yeah. That shit, right? That's actually like... Moving forward. The, the thing is, is like, you know, like, when you're just sitting home and, and watching Netflix, it's because you think life has no meaning because that's what it has. It means you're in the wrong place. Everything about life is wrong. You know, like this is an opportunity. It brings the truth. Like if you don't want to do it, Zach's still studying acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you don't like building fire trucks, but you know, you're still, you know, doing stuff right oh i i like building fire trucks i love building fire trucks i don't like working with people that act like they're teenagers when they're older than me oh yeah about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there you go so the great sabini says crisis will promote you or expose you for the most part both at the same time right (laughs) like both at the same time like so we're going to see how well all the internet gurus and wonderful people who irritate us to the point we ran the show the first time that we shut it all down because we got tired of them. How they do in this thing? I think we'll be fine, Zach. I think you'll be fine. We'll be fine. I think we'll be more than fine. I think we'll be excellent. Exactly. I mean, the truth is that I, I hope certain. Oh, I got to be careful how I say this. No, you don't. We're not in Parallax anymore. Do you care if I call somebody else out? No, don't call out people by name because we'll start a magical war still. We'll talk about that next week, but still don't call them out by name. Use person X. How about person X if you're going to talk shit? Person X who talks a lot of shit publicly kind of thinks this is all conspiratorial and I really hope he gets the motherfucking virus and he finds out, but hey, you know, whatever. It's enlightenment. I don't even know who you're talking about that thinks this is conspiratorial, that is such a hater. Uh, just a batshit chaos magician that gives chaos magicians a bad name. No big deal. I, I have no fucking idea. That's okay. We'll talk offline. I don't want to know, you know, because I have no idea. There's so many you can talk about in that way. I mean, if- but either way, look, here. You know, I, I know it's hard to tell, but the three of us, we're more introverted than extroverted, really, when it comes down to it. And when there's a lot of bullshit going on in the community, 
we'd rather withdraw and work on our own shit than be a part of it. Actually, we did withdraw. We left. We turned off the show. I got an MBA and started teaching data science and then started helping Zach with his business, which had every intention of staying offline. It was an in-person business for acupuncture. We specifically got into it over and over and over about not doing anything on the internet because of the fact that that does not translate into business dollars on the ground. Like internet businesses make internet money and an in-person business does not in Toronto. Like it doesn't really translate exactly right. That was what we actually did the metrics like and actually saw that this doesn't actually translate. The two businesses don't necessarily easily go from one aspect to the other. So, I mean, besides the saying that, like, you know, person X who's sort of a chaos magician. X. But, you know, now, now I'm curious, like, there's so, but I mean, the truth is, is like, uh, let me, I'll fix. There's so many ways that you could go into this conspiratorial things. But you know what? That's garbage because science doesn't lie. You know, like, how bacteria and particularly viruses spread. I'm literally a data scientist, like by day, like it doesn't lie. Like what's happening doesn't lie. It's classic virus spread. It's, you know what, people would think it's a conspiracy. Uh, they're not in New York City, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll put you this way, the only conspiracy and, and, and no offense, Zach, I'm not trying to call out but not the, I'm not calling out the people of China. I'm calling out the Chinese government. Facts are facts. They lied about the numbers. We weren't prepared. We weren't prepared for how bad this virus really is. That's the conspiracy. They might have lied about the numbers. They might not have. But all the country, <laughs> we're lying about the numbers too because there's more people who are dead right now than from COVID than they're letting on. Mm -hmm. It's a statistical fact that other scientists have actually, what do you call it? But it's just, this isn't, you know, I know everyone, there's a lot of people right now thinking Jesus is gonna save them from a virus. That's the same kind of magical thinking. You know, the, the reason I know it's not conspiratorial is because none of these people who say that have ever done project management. I've done project management. You know how hard it is to do anything? It's like nearly impossible to get anyone to do anything. You have to remind them five times. Who the hell has time for that? Like for a vast global conspiracy. It's not going to happen. People are entropic. They are completely chaotic cats who barely can be shuffled even when their jobs are on the line. You think you're going to somehow get those people into some sort of mass conspiracy? It's not going to happen. Right? These kind of, Actually, I, I feel like the terror and the conspiracy theory as same demons with two horns. They're basically reactions to fear and they're irrational reactions to fear, right? Not only did we know this pandemic was going to happen, like literally three years ago or four years ago, I was putting out free crisis magic things. Mm -hmm. Every year since then, we're like, well, when's the next crisis going to come? When's the next crisis going to come? Is it going to be a uh, uh, food shortage? Is it going to be a global warming inspired hurricane? Like we live on the cusp of constant crises now. 
right? So it's, and this one was predictable. They knew in January, not only was this gonna come, they knew three years ago that the whole global supply chain was probably vulnerable to this, right? But people don't think, right? I feel like people saying it's conspiratorial, like, and stuff like that at this point, I really believe that's just wishful fantasy escapism, which as a magician, you should not be doing. So I don't know who we're talking about, but I just insulted them. <laughs> we shouldn't be dealing with fantasy when people are scared, because that just adds to the terror, that adds to the misinformation, that adds to people not taking the steps they need to take to not just be safe, right? What should every magician of any report or public author, which it has to be an author you're talking about, should be saying right now is you need to meditate. You need to get calm enough to make decisions that are rational outside of any emotional taint or uh, any emotional virus of fear that's actually coming from the outside. You might not be able to control the external uh, situations of your magic and your personal life right now, Hell, you might not even have a job, right, as the way things are going. We're like at 30% unemployment in the States, but they won't admit that either. But you should be at least able to control yourself to make rational decisions. That has to be step one, right? This is literally like when you study Holocaust survivors, the difference between people who survive the Holocaust and not comes down to that first being able to, hey, can I stay calm even when there's a gun in my face so I don't piss off the Nazi guards? And second, which we'll talk about a little later, is do I have a vision for what is going to happen after this is over? Like, do I have a compelling vision? Like, I'm going to go back to baking, uh, maybe not in the same village, but I was a baker. Every story where people survive, they have those common things. Emotional control and a vision that could carry them through. Because they knew eventually every bad thing ends, every good thing ends, and eventually what's left is whatever you create. So any magician who is a public figure out there, they should be saying exactly that kind of stuff, not this is a big government conspiracy. It's not. The science doesn't back that up. And they should be ashamed as an educated person if they are educated, which I don't know. All of say, Fluffy Bunny. If you think Atlantis is real and the COVID-19 virus isn't, you're a dick and an idiot. Leave it at that. You already tipped your hand on that one. Uh, but I totally agree with that, actually. And actually, like more than anything, this is what I hate about the culture. All opinions aren't as equally as valid. There's no reason we should be discounting science for conspiracy theorists as occultists. Mm -hmm. a cult Occultism by Aleister Crowley's measure was about will and change and using science and like being better than you were. And you know, like, he talked about the whole true will and stuff, but what's the point if you're not doing that? If it's just ego masturbation, what is the point, especially now that you had better be able to make changes? Right now we're entering into a world where you as a shaman, as a magician, either can make the crops grow in your life or you can't. And if you can't, you learn how to do it or you get out because it's just going to be escapism and escapism nowadays will get you killed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for garbage escapism, conspiracy theories anymore. You need to know how to apply pressure in the right way to actually 
make sure you're making every opportunity count, regardless of what it is, you know? You know, I think the great Zoom King, uh, great Zoom Zamboni says, you know, there's a space in between um, that space, right? This is straight cognitive science. Like you have the, the freedom is what you do in the space between stimulus and response, right? Right. Now that gets into another thing we've talked about, which is branding, right? If branding is trumping what is in the public will, those companies and those people and those authors are going to go down in flames now. That's why I originally said COVID is a truth teller. It is a virus that is forcing the truth to be exposed. So <clears throat> I cannot say that name, but someone is asking, should the magician be about helping others with their fear or just centering themselves in the space of creativity and power? I don't think anyone should be helping anyone else until they get the boat centered for themselves. Yeah. This is the story that shamans always used to tell, right? You want to tell the story, Zach? Because this Which story you're talking about other than the, you're in a boat. You're in a boat story on a flood, right? right. What happens in a boat on a flood? Well, you can't tell anyone else unless you're on that boat. And if they drag you down, you got to let them go. Right. So this is why, like, when there's a flood, you cannot actually take the boat to where the tree will puncture the boat and sink the boat. Right. You have to throw them a lifeline, tell them to grab hold, and then basically let them pull themselves to the boat. Right. The boat is like if you're perfectly centered, you can start throwing people lifelines, which, which, by the way, uh, the Wuji Zen Clinic, uh, the center, we're throwing people lifelines. We do Reiki all the time, right? We do Reiki all the time. We got free meditations. We'll be having other stuff cracking Launch, right? Which we'll post those links in the show notes. But first, you got to throw them. You can throw the rope, but you got to be stable in the boat. Because if you throw the rope and you're not stable, or you try to reach out and you fall into the water, you're not in the boat anymore. You're going to drown. Like, now even worse, if other people depend on you and you tip the boat over, that the people are in, like your family or something like that, they're all going to drown, right? So there's a point where you're trying to help them by giving them a rope, but you got to be, at first, you have to be centered in the boat. If your boat is too rocky and you try to help somebody, what happens? You're going to tip over the boat. And magicians, we do this, even helpful magicians in the best of times, not even in crisis, right? We're like, oh man, we totally want to help you. And what happens? We're going to do a healing on somebody and fuck ourselves because we're like, oh, we really care about them. And then we tip over our own boat, but that's in calm waters, right? So it's easy to kind of go and be like, oh, let's tip that boat back over. Let's get back in it. It's okay. This isn't calm waters. No. This would be like equivalent of having an open canoe on some crazy rapids, which will kill you, right? Where the canoe shouldn't even be on there. And I would say even further, just helping yourself is helping the people around you. Absolutely it is. I mean, this is the thing. You can't separate, uh, you can't separate your own inner state from the social state of, well, there isn't much social state, but there is a social state. There's people you live with. There's people you Zoom with. There's people you get Zoom, bo Zoom bombed by, which we didn't, you know. 
I was so hoping for that to happen, to get Zoomed by by a Christian, you know? You know what? I'm going to take a step further and say take full advantage of the situation while you have the opportunity. If you're still employed and you got the money, I went house shopping this week. That's why there's bare walls back here because I just moved. I got a great deal. I went out shopping for appliances, got great deals because the virus is keeping the competition at bay. If your health is good and you got your shit in check, take full advantage of the situation for yourself. Well, within reason, dude, right? Like, within reason, man. You <laughs> shouldn't be exposing yourself to actually potentially not being well. Like, although I had to buy a freezer, I did not, I got an okay deal on the freezer. I'm not ashamed or happy about the deal I got. But it's nice to have a, uh, yeah, I agree with Rebecca there. <laughs> you know, stay the fuck at home, man. Well, yeah, stay the fuck at home. You can do everything I did virtually, literally. I got, I got, I got what do you call? Uh, I got a freezer uh, to get some, uh, uh, you know, basically to have star- stockpiles of food just in case. Because it's hard to know, right? Everyone's like, yeah, your supply lines will be perfect. It'll be fine. Yeah, okay. Sure they will be. Uh, you know, sure they'll be fine. They might be fine. <clears throat> hey, you know what? Just get COVID. Certain states are already setting up checkpoints to the border. How do we know that certain states are even going to let trucks drive through in a week? We don't know. This is, that's exactly it. Like, you don't actually know what the external situation is. Although, based on what you guys told me, and I don't remember, when I got possessed by Legba on New Year's Eve, I basically predicted this was gonna happen. Yes, I, now, to be fair, not that it was going to be this exact situation, but that there was going to be a situation. Well, that's pretty close enough. You literally said, you'll all be okay and fine, and everything around you will go to hell by what you so said. He said that you'll be okay. Not everyone in general is going to be okay, but you'll be okay. I mean, okay, that's that's a pretty good prophecy, Jason. I mean, exactly. I mean, to predict a global economic like collapse again? What should have bought in stocks then? Yes, and yes, the great Zamboni. Yes, if you have the money, buy the stocks while they're crashed. So when everything recovers in three months. I wouldn't, best, I wouldn't buy the stocks yet. We're not done with the crash. This isn't close to where it's going to be at rock bottom. Okay, well, okay, there you go. We, we're not done. Like, we're just starting. Mm-hmm. Those investors who are, like, buying the stocks right now, I think they're idiots. They don't know where this is going. Like, we haven't hit the like unemployment numbers yet, and they haven't said a boo to the goose about how many people didn't pay rent this month yes. and how the banks are going to do. And I <clears throat> that they're not talking about that for a reason. <laughs> because I guarantee you, I know the truth. Zach knows the truth because we have a business and yep. we're paying rent this month. And you know what? That's in Toronto. What do you think all the other businesses that are closed in the States are doing? They ain't paying either. Because they can't. Not only that, the government literally said you can't evict people. Right? 
right now. They'll work it out later. So you know a lot of people, 10 million, it's more like 15 million as of today, unemployment right now, overnight, you know that ain't the truth. That ain't the truth, right? This isn't predictable. So I would wait another three months before I started buying. And well, there's my stock market prediction, right? I, I don't think I'm talking out of my butt. I wait another three months because we'll know the extent and damage and then things will probably be a good deal for the companies that you think are gonna survive this, which isn't gonna be all the companies. So that little, fr that little funny, ha ha, it's the end of the world. No, we're not gonna be the same after this. Nope, just started, I mean. <laughs> Let, let, let me give you a small example, okay? Everybody bitches about the TSA. 9-11 brought you the TSA. Something, some things are going to change because of this, and it's never going to be the same again, and you're going to think it's a bitch, at minimum. You can already, if you're a data scientist and not a conspiracy expert, like some occult authors, I guess, apparently, um, as a data scientist, you can already see some trends that are going to go on, you know? Uh, I think uh, Jeffrey is absolutely right. The just-in-time system is going to collapse. The just-in-time system, I actually know about this. We studied about it in, in, in the MBA program. That's what Walmart and Amazon does. Nobody actually has stock on hand. You order it, and they have logistics that work so fast that basically it goes from the factory in China. Uh, they kind of use analytics and computer science to predict how much things they should have there's no extra inventory at any time. So it's called just-in-time inventory systems. That's our whole system is based on just-in-time. When this is over, my prediction is we will not be importing anything from China. Why? Because it's an excuse to do that. We're already seeing the Canadian-European connection. Uh, the Cana Cana Canada's fine. That's why I'm gonna move yeah. on as soon as I possibly can. But we already see the US European system of trade breaking down. The US and Chinese system of trade was already breaking down. The world we're entering into is gonna look like, well, in a perverse sort of way, much more like 1950s than it does right now. But we're, so you'll get what you were always asking for, Jason, except the devil's in the details there. Yeah. But our economic system's probably gonna look like 1950s, sure, we'll get some manufacturing back. We'll get some of that back, but you won't be able to get some of the stuff for a good 20, 10 years at least, right? It's gonna take four to five years before companies can switch gears yes. China to back to the United States. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make another positive prediction though. I'm gonna say that the way I see things going, the way that we're seeing the service workers, how, how essential service workers actually are to our culture and our way of life, especially in a time of crisis, I think you're going to see some more unions develop over the next year. You probably will. Yeah. Although the worst prediction I can make right now is probably that certain presidents are going to win again. Um, yeah, because the competition sucks. That's the problem. I'm so convinced that that's going to happen that I want to go to Canada as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And it's not so much, you know what, I could handle authoritarian government, but you know when Camacho is a better president than the one you have, you're in trouble. I don't mind a dictator if he's a smart one.
We're going to get the hate mail from that comment. It's not even going to be you who gets us the hate mail this time, Jason. It's going to be me from that comment. I just agreed with you. I said I don't mind a dictator if he's smart. Uh, yeah, you know, people probably don't even know who Camacho is. It's from yeah. Oh, most people wouldn't, man. Idiocracy, <laughs> the movie that was a comedy that became a prophecy that is now a documentary. <laughs> the prophecy movie. No, it became, it's not prophecy anymore. It's really a documentary at this point. It's what plants crave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. But in all seriousness, like we were talking about this, this crazy stuff, right? Gatorade, it's what plants crave. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about this crazy stuff, but in reality, too, like that stuff is anxiety producing. Everything we're talking about is anxiety producing, right? Like it all is. Everything right now, if you want to talk about what the cultural zeitgeist is of right now, it's anxiety and it's demonic. Class demonic like you look what demons do that's our society right now every man for himself no higher pictures right like chaos entropy you know if we don't turn to our better natures what what ends up it probably looks like what's what's going on in some of the states right now you know like i don't know how many people i saw in the forest annoying ignoring the six foot distance thing. And I was literally in the park. I was not going to get out of my car. I was literally going to sit in my car and follow the protocol and just sit and, and look at the stream from the car, right? That was my plan. There was no parking. You know, uh, we took pictures of that, you know, and in Toronto, Zach will tell you stories like even now, you know, viruses don't care whether you're stupid. Uh, in fact, they like it when you're stupid, but they're not intelligent. Absolutely. I mean, I have a hiking trail right by my place, and there's a narrow path in it. I saw at least 10, 20 people walking beside each other. At that point, idiocracy is the rule. Well, I mean, at this point, I was, you know, so initially, we're talking about how I, I, I truly believe COVID is the, the truth teller right now, you know? And some of the thing is, like, a lot of people were marinating in anxiety right now. Like, I think Edmund said that, you know, uh, right? Self-destruction was already going on. The only difference that happened with COVID was when there's no meaning, there's no self-destruction, uh, all of that, people were already, there was no meaning to most people's lives, right? So if there's no meaning, how are you going to be have any reserves, right? So that, that's the first thing. It's like, okay, well, you've got some time. You could separate all that stuff out. Uh, you could uh, You could decide to do something different right now with the time that you have, but that takes a level of distance from, from that anxiety and fear. Uh, I mean, it really does. Like, and how do you do that? Well, 
you know, there's no, there is magic techniques for that, but it's pretty simple, right? I mean, if you're just even trying to meditate for 15 minutes, when you're like, feel overwhelmed, that will help. Mm -hmm. I mean, it isn't like, you know, if you're home not working, well, what's a better thing to do? Well, for a lot of people, it's kind of try to numb, numb all that, right? But another thing to do is realize there's fundamental flaws that COVID is revealing in your life. You know, you have the solitude, you, you can't go to work right now, you know, so there's a different type of stress than the work stress. For a lot of people, it's like now money stress, but for the most part, I don't think everyone's going to be okay at all, actually, but nope. we're okay. Um, now's the time to actually think, well, if I had an opportunity to take my life in a different direction, what would it be? Okay. You know, if you hate your field that much that Netflix, all Netflixing all the time looks really good. Well, you know, well, do something different, right? It's do something different. And then when you look at what, I mean, at least in Canada, we get the, like the most popular top 10 movies or things being watched. All of them are really anxiety building. That's because anxiety is also a, uh, something that people can get addicted to, like anger. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that from your Buddhist studies, from your, your Taoist studies. Th these emotions are highly, highly, highly contagious, like outrage and anxiety and anger. And all of those are very addictive, which is crazy when people don't. I mean, that's the fundamental tasks of, of Buddhism, like that people always discount, and there's a lot of reason to discount uh, some forms of Buddhism that are overly commercial, but mm -hmm. the fundamental idea is that a lot of emotions are very addictive, whether it's positive or negative. And once they spread from person to person, they're even more addictive, right? So anxiety is what's around us, so watch anxiety producing movies, right? Because that's what's all around us. So that, that mirrors our interstate. And that gets to what we're talking about, right? If you're mirroring your interstate to what everyone else is doing, what are you going to end up where you're going? Everyone has to learn to be the rock to kind of say, uh, society is going this way and I'm going to be perfectly calm. That's not possible, by the way, but it's a good aspirational goal. Here's the thing, okay? How do I put this? First off, I'm going to say that I'm lucky because yes, my life is staying pretty stat and normal. I get up every day, I go to work, same as I always did, right? You are lucky right now. We're lucky too, or we're good magicians, one of the two. Take your choice on which answer you wanna give. Right, well, a lot of people don't have that luxury, right? You two are able to work remotely right now, and uh, a lot of people don't have that luxury. But here's the thing. I have a rule, by the way. I know I'm, I'm sitting here having a good time with you guys, you know, you see me drink this beers. I have a rule. I don't drink unless I'm in a good mood. If I'm in a bad mood, I, I don't touch it. I don't, I don't use alcohol to numb pain or anxiety or fear. Um, seriously, what Andrea was saying about the five minutes of meditation, start somewhere. Try to work that shit up to 20 minutes, half an hour of meditation daily if you can. You got the time right now. If you're at home working remote, you cut out your commute every day, right? First of all, dude, I want to correct you on this point. What? I'm working remote and I'm working like 12 freaking hours a day because I'm remote. 
So uh, just because you're working remote doesn't mean that time went away for people. In fact, a lot of people remote, it's actually about, now it's actually about forcing correct boundaries on their work to make sure that doesn't happen. And I'm trying to do that magically and physically. Like, okay. Let's 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 touch base on that for a moment. About which thing? Yeah, we could hear you. I could. I, he cut out. I couldn't hear him. Um, sorry about that. Okay, so your work is pushing you extra hard because of the situation. No, my work is pushing me extra hard because people are being stupid, and when people are being stupid, they create extra work that doesn't need to be there, and. People who are in upper management who are stupid give tasks that are like pointless business work tasks that they think are critically important, but they're not. And everything becomes critically important in pandemic. When everything's important, nothing is. Like, as in, you, I know, and generally everyone knows what's the, we've been doing our job long enough. We're not panicking about our job. We know what's important. For me, keeping servers up, shit is the critical important stuff, right? Deciding to redesign a web page, like in the middle of a pandemic, when half the staff, when some of the staff already just left, I mean, literally left the university, that's stupid, right? Yeah. That's, that's a stupid time to do that when you're already burdened with making sure core functions are working in a stressful situation. That's uh, organizational management failure, right? It convinces me that even before now I was on the right path when I was like, okay, I gotta get another job. Fortunately for me, tech people are in high demand even right now in the COVID apocalypse. So, so let me ask you a pointed question logistically. Do people working remotely, do you think there's going to be a trend where the new normal is going to be to try to increase their workloads? That's a natural thing if you don't put boundaries on there. Okay. It's a problem with working remotely if you don't know how to push back. If you're working for a shit company that'll try to push that on you, you have to like take magical action to reassert dominance. I don't want to say dominance per se, but control over what should be the work, right amount of working hours. Like, remember, in Canada, this is a different culture. So I'll say that right away. In the States, 60-hour work weeks are perfectly okay in most states. The only way to get around that is direct magical action to bind your supervisors and the other people that not push that down your throat. I feel like that is a totally appropriate magical methodology at the point at which you're dealing with inappropriate demands on your time. You get paid for 40 hours, not 60, mm -hmm. right? Canada has a different culture of civility uh, and Toronto has a different culture of civility and how they approach work is much closer to the European model than the American model. The American model is based off of, well, we know what it's based off of and we know what, what our country was built on. Mm -hmm. And that's the model that is being applied. And you, you know, it's easy for a boss to tell you, oh yeah, why don't you work? You're working from home. You have an extra couple hours, you can work for free. You get paid for 40 hours. Right? It's not a couple extra hours either. It's like four or five hours a day that they expect. And they expect you to respond because they happen to be working whenever. Right? You have to put on really good boundaries and you have to take really good boundaries from the start. As far as if you're working off hours, off times, you got to keep track of your hours. You got to keep track of your hours 
you got to keep track of it that you're not going over hours because the minute you start going over hours each time is the minute that your boss will expect it or the corporate culture will expect it and they'll demand it every single time. You know, and those people who just work like 40 hours of which usually that's me, like I'm 36 and out. Um, and even now, it, it was out of control for the first week and then through magical uh, interventions of literal binding spells and other methods, I've got it back down to uh, about 38. So I, uh, the, the pandemic's only kind of increased it by two hours, but certainly they were trying to push it in a way. And I'm like, you know, it's 40 hours. You have 40 hours. You can't get all of this done in that time. And I had to literally do that with people that I'm supervised too. I had to say, to the other people applying pressure. I'm like, that's nice that you want this now. Mm -hmm. And I don't care because it's not possible. You could have put that wishful project management plan in there that you were thinking without talking to anyone else. And I don't care. Take it up with my supervisors, take it up the chain and complain about me. That's not going to happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. It's not possible. And then I'll say the other thing, which nobody ever wants to hear, is certainly we're willing to work with overtime pay to facilitate this request if you're willing to pay us extra at overtime pay. Now, here's the deal. That's another thing. Tech industry does not normally get overtime pay, correct? Correct. You have to negotiate that. Everything's negotiable, mm -hmm. right? If you're putting the line down and you tell people that and they force you to work extra, you have two choices. They can pay you overtime. They say you're not going to get it and you have to get it done. You have a choice to get another job or shut up. The thing that the only thing that we have going for us in tech is more often than not, you can do that for about two weeks before somebody can get another job. I mean, that's the only difference. Nowadays, nurses, doctors, they're going to have the same ability. Yep. What are you doing, Zach? You've been awful quiet. Come on, man. I'm listening, right? I mean, I can't speak on tech end because I'm working remote, building the website and doing all the other stuff, right? Right. So, you're, you're building the website and you're working on your business. Now tell me how you've been magically backing that up. Magically backing up is keeping my shit calm with meditations and Reiki. That's all I've been doing these days. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing when you think about it. Like, you got to think about, we had a... Zach's got an acupuncture clinic that Toronto said you can't not do acupuncture. It's illegal. Yeah. Like literally we got shut down by the government. <laughs> right. So if, if he's staying completely calm to make some rational decisions, you know what his friends said about what we've been doing so far? They're amazed. They're like, Wow, you're like right on the money. You're rolling out this stuff left, right, and center, like new products that are totally virtual. I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, they're not quite taking off yet. We're getting some bites. But they're amazed that even anything's getting done. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends have been noticing that. They're like, you're cracking out stuff. Like, we're seeing posts all the time, and we're seeing this stuff. I'm like, yeah, we've been working on this um, when we can. I mean, you come on and join those free meditations every weekday because that helps. Right, coming from what time are those free meditations, Zach? They're 12 to 12:40. And how do I get access to them, Zach? Well, you get them on the registration page if you go to wujishuen.ca 
slash meditation. You need to spell that, Zach, because some people won't be able to read, they'll only get the audio. So it's W-U-J-I-X-U-A-N dot C-A slash meditation. And how much did it cost, Zach? Free. <laughs> Come on, you work from home motherfuckers. Take up the offer. Actually, there's parts of the shapeshifting class in that meditation too. It's not just it's it's not just the meditation. It, it's really an advanced Qigong set of advanced Qigong techniques. Yeah, it's like what Jeffrey said. We overcome COVID by putting out new products while we were in the crisis. Be one of us. That's our marketing line, I think. Our marketing line. Okay, so let me let me tell you guys something. Nothing we say is medical advice. Nothing we say about magic or meditation or any kind of energy work is medical advice because, you know, legal shit. But did you know viruses can lay dormant in your system and wait for you to get stressed the fuck out? They can wait to take full advantage of your weakened immune system before they come out and make you sicker than a motherfucker. So what I'm trying to say is working on your energy system, meditation to keep yourself calm, doing the Qigong, doing other kinds of banishing magical energy work could, could theoretically help you recover faster from said virus. Actually, that's not a theoretical. That's actually a statistically proven thing via medical science. So we can actually say that meditation and stress release techniques and in fact Qigong and well, when we could formally do it in our acupuncture, acupuncture, all have proven to boost immune system. So it's not actually a claim that's not backed up. It's backed up by Chinese literature, scientific literature. Of course, they don't do that literature in the United States, but there is some in Canada and some in Europe that's backing up that Tai Chi, Qigong, and meditation techniques boost immune system in a practical way, which directly means that um, if you follow the stats, and what that actually means is that if you get infected with COVID, it's like more likely to you'll survive if you have some of those tools. That's just a fact. The more ways that you can boost your immune system is that. That's not saying our meditation will boost your immune system. That's saying meditation in general has this effect across the board. Qigong has this effect across the board. Tai Chi movement has this effect uh, boosting up the great the great. Uh, he says the research is backing it up in the U.S. is now as well as now. The U.S. is far behind in studying this kind of stuff, actually, uh, for a lot of uh, political reasons, probably. But as far as our legal team is concerned, nothing we're saying is medical advice. <laughs> we're not giving you medical advice, but medical advice says if you meditate, it probably will help. <laughs> <laughs> Good job on the disclaimer. Good job on the disclaimer. Like you know. I mean, the, the fact is, is like, uh, that should just make sense. And this seems like such a simple thing. And it is such a simple thing. And, you know, I, I've, I've written articles and I've kind of went off on the meditation as uh, corporate uh, is another slave device technique being used in, out of its original context. No one talks about uh, Buddhist meditation styles as, as co-opted. They only... They only complain when me, who's basically got a black grand great grandmother, does voodoo. Then they complain, you know, or you, whose great grandfather was black. No, no. 
grandfather was black, whose father was half black, who has direct lineages back to Africa. You know what? You know what, you racist pieces of shit? Okay, okay, we're gonna mute him now. Muting Zach Taysen for a little bit. Time out, Taysen. Time out. <laughs> Time out. Time out. Okay, I'm muting him now. Jeez, do him. I don't. Can you hear me? Am I back? Am I back? Depends. Are you playing nice? Oh my god, dude, that went too far. It went too far, man. Too far. I don't care. I don't care what the PC line is. I'm just saying, if you're judging people based on their looks, you're a racist. And I'm just saying, what's up, dude? We we are Americans, and we need to work together. Okay, fair. It's the biggest thing. We need to work together. But no one really says about how meditation, uh, its original context, and how it's been co-opted by. Uh, corporations no one talks about this like meditation was not so you could be more productive for somebody else meditation's original purpose was so you'd be a better killer yep that's the original purpose because if you could act without thinking you could act without clouded emotions your speed of reaction time as a samurai or ninja or any of those Type things which much 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 faster. That's the original purpose of meditation. When you think too much, you fail to act. When you fail to act, you die. Yep. yep. Her context is much closer to that. Like when you fit, when you are clouded by uh, unconstructive emotions, you will fail to act. You won't be able to get TP for your bunghole. You'll die of dysentery like an Oregon Trail. Look <laughs> 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 back to the Apple II E. I know, I was an old school nerd joke. Like it was totally an old school nerd joke. Old school. <laughs> old, old, old school. You know, you can look up Oregon Trail. We should put this in the show notes. You can look at Oregon Trail online for free and play the whole game through. All totally on, online. Wait, you link link in the description because I want that shit. Literally. <laughs> uh, I'm disappointed. No terrible, terrible black magicians. Well, Jeffrey, you're apparently not in Mr. Coyne's newsletter. That's all I'll say to that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Shit, man, we're shit up now, right? The thing. Here's the thing. We're probably going to talk a little bit next in two in two weeks. We'll talk a little bit about why we kind of agree with EA. Yeah, we fully agree on that. <laughs> and I mean, the sad thing is, like, he's actually saying that he's not wrong. Yeah. Like, this is a good time to use black magic in a constructive way. Yep. He's self-destructing right now. Like, so he is actually saying stuff like, well, maybe it's time you overthrow your own masters and corporate overlords. He's not going to ever say throw over all the corporate overlords because, like, that's not his stick. It's all about self, becoming a self-god. But there's a whole, there's a whole current there for a lot of black magicians that actually look at it. They're saying those kind of things. That was true in the left-hand path before this started. It's true now, too. But what are you going to replace it with is my answer to that. Like, okay, so you're destroying things. Great. That's almost the topic for next week. Exactly. Like, so great. You're going to destroy stuff. What's left? 
Well, right. And even the entropic side of things, I mean, I've had more success on that going on those routes these days. That's the easy magic right now. Yeah, that's the easy magic. <laughs> I mean, no one wants to admit that that's the easy magic right now. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Like, not next week, but in two weeks. So the show's going to be every two weeks. Um, that's how we're going to run it. We promised the second hour to have actual real techniques, and we're 15 minutes into the second hour. Yes, yes. So well, we're technically right on time, because we got done, started about 15 minutes late, right? That's correct. So. Right, correct, correct. So we're out of time. So we should move into real techniques, right? Yes. And hopefully sure. we can offend too many people already. Some people already left, so we probably did offend them. Uh, did people leave? Oh, yeah. Probably. We probably offended people. If we offended you, we're sorry. No, we're not. No, we're not. Get, get offend people. A little bit, but some of the things I want to answer the question uh, about the job things. And I, I have an answer based on data. And the sad thing about my answer to what jobs will be after COVID are the same answer that was there before, right? Like all COVID has done is reveal the truth of where we are going. I'm gonna say when I talk to high school students now, I literally was spending time uh, two summers ago talking to kids in, how old were they? They were young. Yeah, they were pretty little. Convincing them to go into computer science. Teaching the kids, they, I think I might have converted a couple of the little girls to be developers. Nice. I know. I thought I was pretty impressed. Because any subject you can think of, if you have some coding background now, you, you are going to be able to probably maintain a job. Um, Data science, computer programming, these skills can be combined with almost anything and actually move forward. It's also clear like uh, if you're a doctor or nurse, you're not going to go anywhere for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Medicine, it's good. If you're a store clerk at uh, Giant Eagle, I would be really concerned about my job in a year. If I was a store clerk at Gap or someplace like that, the technology is already there to eliminate those jobs. It's just, it's going to happen now faster. That's what's already happening. If I was a factory worker, you know, a robot doesn't get sick with COVID. I would start actually thinking that. If I'm making experiences for people of some sort that they can enjoy, or otherwise helps them or otherwise trains them, that's where the, that's where the job's gonna be at. Between machine herding, medicine, and creating experiences for people. And if you can keep, keep that mindset in mind, even in Zoom, if you can create an experience for people, people will come to, the people will start coming to that. Right now, everything's screwed up and then no one can afford anything, but they will start looking for experiences that are meaningful that they can go to and that are worthwhile. I mean, so part of some of that, um, some of that, you know, is storytelling. Some of that is thinking about how you create experiences, right? Like this isn't like just like every field can create experiences. It's not like that's just show, showable, right? It's not just uh, showbiz, right? 
we're creating an experience right now for people we're in our interaction. It's kind of humorous, we're on and off, but it's an experience. People either like it or they don't, but it's still an experience. We're creating an experience for people. Uh, you know, when we do the Reiki, that we actually have community, uh, virtual community Reiki, which that can go over the time in a second, yep. we're creating a healing experience for people that creates change. That's the experience. Computers don't do that well. And uh, if we could do it in person, we do it in person because it's an experience that they'll remember. Uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll seek it out. Um, I'm talking about both. Uh, both. Online and in person. Uh, like it's not good enough anymore to be... Uh, it's not good enough to just do what you're doing, you have to create an experience. So in person, like if you're a restaurant, we all know the restaurants that succeed are not the ones that necessarily have the best food. They're not the ones necessarily that are the cheapest. They're the ones that people talk about. That's about creating experiences. Whether it's virtual or in person, it's gonna be the same thing. You have to create experiences. Otherwise, if you're not creating experiences, you're dead in the water. There's information everywhere. If, they, if people can just get what you, have with no flair, with no experience, it's already been automated. The information's already there on the internet. It's just the same as being a service worker at McDonald's or Giant Eagle. People are gonna want virtual experiences that are unique, that bring out the, the X factor in people, that show what's different about them that's, people will say authentic experiences. That's probably the wrong thing. It's just experiences that maybe you can't get otherwise. You know, like when you go to a virtual Reiki with Zach, uh, we actually do the Reiki, that's an experience. Like it's not an evergreen thing, right? It's not something that uh, people ever can just, they can't just listen to a video and get that, right? The experience is partially a spiritual experience, it's partially a meditation, but it's certainly not replicable. It's only then. It's, you know, it's virtual, but we're doing the magic. They're everyone has who's come so far knows that ain't like fake. We ain't faking it. We're doing it. That's an experience. Um, eventually it'll take off, right? That's that's the kind of thing. That if that's where the future is for most jobs. Like it's some sort of experience. Like, and that that's the opposite of even in service industry, what most people are paid to do right now, right? If you're bagging clerks, what are you based on? You're based on your efficiency on how fast you get people through the line. But even studies of people in store clerks, they will go to one particular store clerk who always says, how you doing, Joe? Good to see you again today because of experience. Yeah, yeah. There could, be, there could be 20 lines of machines. They'll go to the one person, ignore everyone else, go to the one person that they know who say, how you doing today, Joe? Just that, right? This is the opposite of the way the service industry works right now. So you're gonna see a lot more of that, where people have to learn to, and they're gonna demand better pay to do that too. People are gonna demand better pay to do this. So yeah. You go to an Apple store, they're really good at this. Although they're annoying. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's too many people, too many uh, people trying to provide an experience for you. 
like you really can't walk five steps without getting to a damn employee trying to give you an experience of the store. That's a little too much for me, mm-hmm. but they do this well for most people. I'm just cynical uh, that I think it's too much, you know, but they are giving experience. What are they giving you experience with? You walk in the store, they're like, hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Oh, good to meet you, right? That's why Apple has the single most value per retail store of any company ever right now, or they used to before COVID, because they're, they've gotten this experience down. All that's just going to accelerate, whether it's online, whether it's not, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, Jeffrey, man. <laughs> Man, oh man, oh. you know I happen to. I used to like apples more. The last couple of operating systems, I've been like, oh god, guys, come on, really? <laughs> see, 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 see. I'm trying to convince my girl to give up the Apple tax. We'll see. Uh, the reason I keep buying apples is because what I tried to do with the last computer. So I think I'm like Jeffrey, like I know enough to be too dangerous. And I, I literally, computer that would have been awesome. And I got to the total that was more than a uh, fully loaded iMac Retina. I know I have a problem and I better just keep buying apples until such point as uh, I, I know how to put together computers in a way that those numbers start adding up fast. Because I know what to get to get the best, the best, and only the best will do. I just need to stop. Okay, I'm just going to Apple because I don't want to think about this because this is so crazy. So, so people are, yeah, jobs like nursing and teaching are very low wage and pink collar. I'm hoping. I totally hope workers will start organizing after this too. I got I to gotta say that was one of the comments like, I don't understand why teaching gets paid so low, but that's a particularly American tendency. Yeah, yeah. Because teachers in Canada make more money than teachers, across the board, make more money than teachers in America for all fields. I think for what I teach in data science, I should get paid double. Yep. Without a doubt. For the work I put in, I should get paid double for how much money they're making. And I know what the numbers are. I shouldn't, but I do. I know how much the company makes and how much the university partner makes. We should get, the teachers should get paid double. And teachers in general should get paid a lot more. On the flip side of that, like the kind of commercialization of teachers, the uh, commoditization of teachers goes against the experience model that I'm actually discussing, right? Like, oh, just teach the test. Well, why don't you just have an online class for that? Yes the opposite of the experiential model. It also proves and been proven more and more to be um, not the most efficient teaching pedagogy at all. Like, not that people will care, but you know, you might as well have an online class if that's all you're doing. You know, teaching is just as much about experience as everything else. And the companies and places that start to realize that they also, outside of public education, will start to pay more for that. When people have to put on, make experiences for people, they're more valuable. Yeah. They are much more, much, much more valuable. You can literally call something business coaching versus therapy. 
Why does the business coach make more money? They're saying the same things in a lot of cases. It's because they're putting experiential stuff behind it. They're building an experience that builds value for people. That's a long answer of where I think the, the jobs are going to go, but uh, that tech and that is where I think they're really going to go. And I think that goes right into practical techniques, right? If you're unemployed right now, what's the best practical technique besides getting calm? That's the first thing. You can't think this way in a crisis unless you're calm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zach, how's your patients doing who are freaking out? I mean, we literally had to do an exorcism the other day on a patient. I do an exorcism like last week. <laughs> so. You know, because what happens is people are really afraid and they don't understand. Like, this attracts negative spirits. It's not just a, this getting yourself calm and okay is not just a, uh, that's right. It was not Jeffrey. <laughs> Great Jeffrey. <laughs> no, we wouldn't say what it was, but it wasn't you. So you admitted it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is like this external anxiety attracts spirits that are of natures that are similarly low vibration to you. And if you have some magical energy and you're in that vibration, your lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Nom nom, nom stuff happening. What? That's the nom nom happening there. How, how do I put this? You won't hear us say many things that agree with new age stuff at all. But that, that, I agree with new age stuff, right? It doesn't. This is going back to the original context of meditation. Uh, new age stuff will be like, be calm and let whatever happens, happens. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be calm so you can think about where to strike. To go back to the original context of meditation. I'm saying be calm so that the tainted, I don't want to call them tainted. That's the wrong word. Uh, the non-helpful parts. The non-helpful emotions are not clouding your decision-making process. Get try to center get rid of those so you can make more decisive actions energized decisive actions which is the original context of meditation the new age context of meditation is actually the opposite of that it's this weirdly pseudo christianized uh let god take care of it that isn't what i'm saying as a magician i'm saying literally like you're meditating to take greater control over the decision-making process in a time where everyone else is in crisis. Literally the original context of meditation, right? The original purpose to be able to strike faster and more decisively on the correct paths, not necessarily just kumbaya, right? And cultures that actually like focus on meditation, they're very warlike cultures. or they've had really screwed up civil wars. Right, right. You know, and one of the things that we learn in Qigong uh, is that the best Qigongs come out of civil wars out of China. Yes, I mean, I, I was teaching that to some, the class I was like, we're going through the history, the most screwed up Qigongs are in the civil wars and they are the most practical. The ones you get in peacetime are basically look good and lose weight. 
that could sum up a lot of the new age philosophy in a nutshell. Look good, lose weight. Oh, that's going to help you actually survive a pandemic, right? That's going to help you actually make decisions at the right times to know, to make sure you optimize your luck, right? All that, right? I mean, it's not that we haven't said anything on the show and well, we took two years off, but in the three years we were running, we never complained about that, right? Right. So if you needed toilet paper and you went to two stores, which I did today and saw absolutely bare shelves all the way down the aisle, would you panic? Would you sit in your car and cry? Would you think, oh my God, how am I going to wipe my butthole? People did that. <laughs> well, I didn't panic. I didn't I didn't panic. I didn't freak out. You I, what was that? What was that, Andrea? You, you went to the third store. Right, right. But I made a good strategic choice because I stayed calm about where was the most likely place to actually have toilet paper. Exactly. I mean, that's in practice what it is. But like, now we're going to get in a situation where even resources are very, 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 very thin. Right? Like, so we have to ask other questions, you know? Like, what should you buy? What shouldn't you buy? Right? Depends a lot on your resources and uh, you know, what is kind of panic buying, what's necessary preparation, what's what you need, what's emotional buying, right? Because when people get panicked, they tend to buy more stuff. So even thinking about money in a non-panic way, like for me, I can admit that uh, even though I'm pretty good at finance, I'm, I'm probably pretty bad at credit. Last few years, some people know, been a little rough uh, for other reasons that largely weren't dependent on me. Like it wasn't really our fault. We were recovering, we never, from something major that happened in our life. Mm -hmm. um, not to wish anyone get COVID, but there is one particular person I could wish. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Cause some of our misery, right? Anyway, besides that, like, you know, uh, but still, like, if you're thinking about it, most mortgages, if you have any federal mortgages, if you're in money trouble right now, if you did the research, Guess what? If you could be calm enough to do the research instead of freak out about the money, you can pretty much put off your mortgage payment if you're having federal U.S. backed mortgage for a year right now. Yep. The car companies told us when we called them in a calm, collective voice, eh, we're not even going to care for three months. Mm -hmm. So you could freak out about the money situation, right? Or you could calmly call people and say, well, what's actually going on? to get what your options are. That's the difference. That's decisively looking at what is available to you versus what is uh, going on versus, you know, the panic. If you're, you're panicking, you're not acting. Mm -hmm. If you're, you're stressed to the point that you can't act, you can't make decisions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's a, all true right it's it's all true right if you're panic if you're just purchasing stuff right now to make yourself feel better that's the same as being panicked right it's the same exact thing it's just a different way of doing it like 
Um, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Well, yeah. And it's looking at like, what is the most reasonable thing? It's like, even tonight, I have canned food I could eat. But knowing that there's still delivery food happening, I bought a lot of KFC. I could freeze that for the next few days, if not weeks. You know this bioengineered chicken, right? Don't worry about it. It's all good. If it gets me through the next few months, man, I don't care. Nice. Second better hate feel, feel mail to Zach Lee. Straight from Deeper Down Express, hate mail. Hate mail. Boom. Actually, it would be boom when I'm actually hearing that on Zoom. So there you go. One of the things, though, we give some simple techniques to actually uh, help people actually do this. Some of them are very simple. I think uh, we laugh about it as chaos magicians when I was previously known as a chaos magician, even though I'm still at, uh, pretty much at heart still a chaos magician, but the internet's so stupid I refuse to call myself a chaos magician anymore because other chaos magicians have whack job conspiracy theories. I'll just leave it at that. You know, uh, one of the things we used to do like to end all rituals was to laugh out loud. Well, from a Qigong point of view, as a practical technique, this is awesome for a lot of reasons. First, uh, laughter is a young type of exercise. That was your cue. Yes, I know. Medical doctor in any other country besides Canada. Fuck Canada. I mean, yes, laughter is a young being expansive type of energy. So it gets you out of your head, neutralizes anything negative, which would be viewed in this point as yin. Your immunity just by doing the action of that. And I think scientifically even, uh, it stimulates what? Um, It's serotonin that then does cell growth. Something along those lines. All those things. The way I recommend to do it, um, besides laughing out loud, just to laugh out loud, um, we had we worked out a specific thing for convocation that we thought I thought between me and Zach worked the best. Yep. Basically, uh, to put your feet on the floor, you know, take a few breaths in and out, no matter how stressed you are, then laugh out loud, but try to take stay perfectly still, right? This becomes impossible when you're laughing out loud to stay perfectly still as you start getting into it. At the point at which you start moving, you've gotten enough yang energy. Like that means when you lose control of your body like that, it means you filled up your body with energy and you're good to go. Right? Zach, does it sound about right? I mean, the standing still is an artificial construct that you've imposed on yourself as a metric. So by standing still, you're already on a subconscious and even body metaphor level saying, all right, I'm going to start still and screw these limitations. Right. And the point at which is if you laugh and you get to the point that your body starts moving, I mean, your chest is going to move, but like, you'll know, you'll start twitching and stuff. It means you have so much energy in your system that your body is starting to move to dispel the energy. That's what laughter does. That's actually a good thing. Uh, that's a good time to stop. That's really, that's, that's when you come back to center and go, okay, you'll know, you'll have much more energy when you do that, uh, right from the start. Like, sure, and you've taken a lot of oxygen too, so that's gonna last for a long time. Right, so 
this is faster than you think. It's like two or three minutes at the most. Uh, if you go further than that, you can certainly do that. That'll build up the serotonin. That'll build up uh, a whole bunch of hormones. But from an energy point of view, you're just, the more you're going to move and you're going to laugh, uh -huh, that's just expelling energy. So it doesn't collect any extra energy in your system, but it will collect some extra hormones. But, the ener but we've kind of found that uh, the effect is the same as if once you get to three or four minutes, like an hour, once you start, uh, la you're done with it versus an hour after laughing out loud for 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's going to last as a high all day. It's not like, a, oh, you do it for a bit and then it's just going to wear off in a few hours. No, we, we found talking to people, even in our own experience, it's you got a whole day high. If that takes you 24 hours and you got to reset that for another five minutes and 24 hours, that's a good return. Yeah, that's a pretty solid return on investment. That's a real solid return on investment. Um, I recommend that particular exercise is really good. Um, to do in conjunction with like more uh, what would be considered classical yin exercises, right? Like, so it's, it's great to do that and then sit perfectly still. Like you'll be energized, you'll be awake and then try to, you know, find your lower Dantian, uh, which we can walk through in a second. We can do the meditation right now that we do every day. You want to run through it? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But we'll do this, right? So the laughter out loud, once we do laughter, we're going to end the show on that because why? you know, banished by laughter is an appropriate thing to do for a deeper down the rabbit hole. So, I mean, let's jump through this lower down Tian meditation. Uh, this is derived off of Andrea's shape-shifting course. And, and we're going to do this every day. We're going to do it every day. CA, live. We have people who we trained who are part of our Reiki school every day. So you can do this every day at noon, Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Work day. So everyone, let's uh, start off with positioning, feet on the ground, getting comfortable. All right. From there, just take a nice deep breath and relax yourself. All right. If you're noticing any tension in the body, just do the best you can just to relax and breathe into the area. We're just trying to get into the most, uh, as I would say, uh, mushy, wet towel-like feeling of feeling heavy in the body. Placing your hands on the abdomen. So to kind of reference check if your hands are actually moving, that's good. It means you're taking deep abdominal uh, diaphragmatic breaths, which will help stimulate the relaxation. And just do a quick check-in with yourself. So how are you actually doing today? That's actually something important. And the crisis points that we're in, a lot of us don't even ask that. So I'm actually seeing like, are you stressed? Are you sad? What's actually happening with you? All right. And from there, taking the time to actually, you know, you're listening to our radio show. So giving yourself the props and saying, good job. You're going to be doing a quick exercise to change your life. And you're going to be doing this every day too. So with that, giving yourself some kind words, giving yourself some compassion and self-love, saying, I'm awesome for even just listening to the radio show and doing this exercise. From there, you'll take your index finger to your pinky, drop it down right beneath your belly button, wherever your pinky lands. That is your anatomical center of gravity. From there, 
bring your mind's focus right to where your pinky is and go slightly behind the pinky into your belly, into the skin area, right behind the finger. Breathe and let yourself focus a little bit. Now, imagine that there's a line between your pinky and your tailbone. There's a straight line there. Imagine going into your body, into the pelvic cavity, one to two inches. It's a little bit different for everyone. There's a different sensation. Could be warmth, could be a density difference, could be a temperature difference, such as coolness. But you'll know when you hit it. It's going to feel like a bell, possibly, when you do. And you're going to feel like everything just hyper focuses and connects and sinks in. Everyone's a little bit different on how far it is. It could be one inch, could be two inches, could be in a range of anywhere between that. But when you hit it, it should feel like your belly and your whole body connect up like on a live wire. From there, this meditation is just you breathing into that one area that feels like a live wire. So, you know, let's do two minutes of this. Of just breathing into your center, lower Dantian. Wow, that's just bad radio, man. Two minutes of silence. Two minutes of silence, fine. We could reduce it. Oh yeah, feels good. Yeah, feel the power. Can I just keep doing this for two minutes? Yeah, you could keep doing that for like, we actually run music behind it. We run music behind this. It's very soothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the basic exercise. But we did two minutes of radio silence. I got this radio silence, yo. Over in his grave and come and slap us for actually, being such a radio host. Like, I mean, literally, I could almost feel him slapping me right now. <laughs> Jason's commentary, though. What? <laughs> Welcome to the Jason remix. Palms your soul. Or relieves his constipation. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> oh, relieves his constipation. I'll keep it done. Jason, the turd banishing. There's something you can also do with these exercises. <laughs> no, no, please don't, don't, don't Mom, get swifty up in the floor. Just don't do it. Just don't. Don't. But that's a simple technique. Uh, before I was like bad radio edit, like two minutes of radio silence, we're not going to do that. Oh, I got the technique. <laughs> you got the technique. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that we're going to do, we do that every day. And we run through, we have pretty soothing music that we legally acquired. We actually bought the music. And um, we're on that every day from 12 to, yeah, it's about 12.35 or so. Uh, we only take people through, well, 15 minutes meditation with that, 10, 15 minutes. Because actually the thing is, the truth is, even if you're an experienced meditator, when stuff is crazy all around you, your ability to focus even in meditation is less. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, even if you could have meditated maybe two hours or an hour before you're stressed out about uh, jobs or other stuff like that, uh, you know, 
10 minutes is enough time. And uh, you might be surprised at how much less time that it's comfortable to actually do the meditation because uh, the worries start to come in, right? And that's just natural. That's just how it is, you know? Why, why is the smiling Jason there? Just there? I just, just, just feel good today. Keep on going. Oh, really? <laughs> feel good today. I got my new house. What do I have to feel good about? What the hell with this? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one method. It isn't always gonna. That isn't gonna always work for everyone. Um. I'll tend to actually uh, uh, use something like a candle, which you see before us, uh, to kind of like just sit and meditate with. So uh, I will, I'm not, can't really move that safely, but you can see the candle, you could just kind of focus on that candle. If I ever get the fire magic book, this is one of the tools that'll be in the fire magic book, which might get done sometime when I'm not working three jobs, whatever, right? Um, you can kind of focus, do the same thing Zach advised there where you kind of find your horizontal and but instead you kind of focus on the candle at the same time. Um, and from there, you just kind of just focus on the candle. Candles have enough motion that even if um, you have a hard time focusing, it's like it's moving. So there's interesting enough. You're not focusing on the candle, you're focusing on the flame. And um, that's important. And that's a simple technique. Uh, you don't even have to do anything else, really. What will happen is fire has its own purification. It's its own, uh, it's its own, it, it purifies you by itself. Once you connect, you're lower Dantian. You don't have to do anything else. Although if you want it to be more effective, you could hold some Van Van energy in it. You can kind of imagine your will flowing into the van van could put it on the candle and connect the candle that have a kind of processing uh, purification effect in general. Well, there's lots of things you can do from that, but that simple thing of connecting the candle will bring more fire energy, which again, a lot of things we're going to talk about deal with like yang. This is kind of like a combination of yang, yin, and Chinese medicine. At the same time, but in this case, you're taking the fire itself has alchemical properties that will uh, kind of let you kind of burn through some of the tension, some of the anxiety. If you're having trouble with that, you can also directly throw it into. You can throw it right into the candle directly, you know, into the fire, which again does the same kind of process with willpower, like you're imagining with all five of your senses, kind of pulling the tension, the negativity, the sickness out, throwing it into the fire, letting it catch on fire. You know, that's also a very good practical technique. It's simple, but it really works really well. It's using the element of fire to kind of purge that stuff out. The universe, if you, you want to use the phraseology or return it to the universe, it'll come back to you which energy can't really be created or destroyed even in classic physics, same with metaphysics, it can only be transformed. So it will eventually come back to you in a purified state. That's one way you could simply do that. Uh, you know, other techniques kind of build off of that, simple techniques like, you know, if you really, really are in a trouble spot, you can get a yellow candle, do the same thing, go through an evocation with the Archangel Michael, 
you know, and then do the same kind of connection, letting the archangel of the sun of fire basically go through and help you out, burn away, purifying all that. Those are simple techniques. Everything I described was pretty simple, um, but it makes a huge difference. And we could go through if people want us to, uh, how to actually do an evocation like that. But I mean, mostly it's work with the angel with your five senses until you have no doubts, the angel is there, project it into the fire. And then, you know, connect, keep projecting it over the fire and then keep kind of going back and forth where it's pulling energy to and from you. Uh, it takes a little bit of practice to actually focus to get to the point of that. Uh, a lot of people try that, but they haven't done the basic meditation techniques, but that's a very simple, reduced complexity ceremonial type magic thing. Probably people would have more done it conjure with Saint Magic, Saint Michael at that point than classic ceremonial magic, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it works, it works great to actually clean stuff up. And uh, especially when you're uh, really kind of in a, a bad shape and you're gonna get in bad shape. Everyone gets in bad shape with this, what's going on. It's just gonna happen, you know. Mm -hmm. Jason, you got any particular techniques you'd like to reveal to the radio listeners? This is a very simple technique. No, it's simple and it's complex. And I stole it from a little book years ago called David Sinclair's Instant ESP. Yep, yep. The reason it's so simple and complex is because it's a dumbed down version of some Hindu stuff, but we won't get into that now. You have to just sit there quietly breathing with your eyes closed, picturing Roy G. Biv, the color spectrum of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. <clears throat> Yeah, which if people don't know who are listening, that actually corresponds to the classical. I mean, actually, you can't say classical. I don't even know how we can describe this. Neo-American classical versions of the Hindu chakra system. There's actually different chakras, too. Yes. Was no. that a way to describe it, Zach? Hmm? Was it that a way to describe it? Neo-classical American. Yeah. American-British from the Beatles, so. Okay, well the reason it's both simple and complex is because it sounds simple, but when you're sitting there with your mind, with your eyes closed trying to picture each individual color in your head, it takes time and it takes effort and eventually you're gonna get it, but you have to practice it dedicatedly before you get it. It's pretty simple too, like he's not kidding, the hard part of that is you have to literally be in, uh, actually, I don't think I actually put this in hands-on chaos magic, but uh, there's similar exercises there in hands-on chaos magic. Mm -hmm. but literally that exercise particularly is one where you have to be surrounded by the color and it has to be surrounded within, right? So if you just got like one little splotch, you gotta keep going until you're surrounded by it. And it, it turns out the mechanics of that is if, you are surrounded by that. You're in that vibration, which also activates the chakra. So that's a simple chakra cleansing and vanishing that actually, once you get it down, you can do it probably in about three minutes, but the first time it takes, it could, it takes longer than you think. Cause you're not supposed to move past one until you. Yes. I mean, completely surrounded by the color. 
Okay, let me just say, I'm going to tell you straight up, if you try it, do it for 20 minutes, half an hour every day until you actually start to see that. And you're going to fail. You're going to fail at first. You just set that 20 minutes aside every day and keep working at it until you start to get that pattern. Yeah, that, that, for some people, that's going to, yeah, it's going to, for some people, it'll take a while because they don't, they don't have naturally uh, progressed in visual imagination. But, but let me say this, why, why am I recommending that? Because once you get that down, by the time you get to the end of that, you're going to be in a very, very nice trance state. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because you're gonna also, because it, uh, it's gonna open all your chakras up too, like all the classic, neoclassic chakras. And that's basically gonna be also progressively driving you deeper into trance because if you can visualize the colors and ignore everything else, you're, uh, um, you're not focused on the external world anymore. Mm -hmm. Which is basically it. Oh, I gotta answer this question. Yvonne, what is the difference between violet and indigo? I picture, I picture a dark violet than a light violet. And then I move, then I take it a step further to white after that. That's, you know, it's like dark purple, light purple, white. There you go. That's, that's the best advice I can give you there. Although I don't necessarily think it matters that much. Right? I mean, it matters. But it doesn't. It's more like the progression that matters, uh, and the metaphor as you're going through, and what the what those colors mean as you're going through the vibration. Right? It's supposed to be like you're becoming more spiritual in that last step, which is a third eye to crowd meditation. You know, and at that point, it's kind of like. I mean, it could be anything. You know, what is the color of spirit at that point? I mean, really, what is the color of spirit at that point? Does spirit have a color or is it something that you can't describe anymore, right? So that was like so, uh, multiple techniques, uh, good techniques, I think. What do you guys think? I mean, <laughs> what do you think in the chat room? You think those pretty good techniques? Um, you have your basic candles kind of meditation. Uh, Basic meditation, um, gave you the David sent clear, clear techniques. Uh, of it isn't formally called a chakra meditation, but it is. Um, we're gonna end with the last technique, banishing by laughter, which is really easy to do. That's the easiest one, right? Too soon. A couple things before we, uh, and uh, the show, we run the meditation every day, 12 to 1. Those are free. We do virtual community Reiki. If you check out the page, ca, you should probably spell that, Zach. W-U-J-I-X-U-A-N dot C-A. Dot C-A. You go under the Reiki uh, section, you'll see a virtual community Reiki link. We are working on the website a whole bunch. Um, those sessions for US dollars are about 25. We actually do Reiki healings on people. And for the people who are veterans of the show, we combine that with the Ali Shan ceremony of transformation at the same time. 
which is an actual real construct that has tied to many, many spirits that dispels one particular type of energy, despair. Seem like a useful thing nowadays. Uh, that's all part of the virtual community Reiki at Wuji Zen. Uh, Wuji Zen is deeper down sponsored now for now. We'll see what happens a week from now, right? <laughs> uh, you know, but we're going to start launching other virtual products uh, back going into divinations uh, between uh, Zach, me, and Rebecca. Uh, we're also going to be offering coaching in case people don't realize I have a master's degree in business uh, and a pretty effective business coach. And we're going to start talking about where instead of just going with the uh, going with the flow, as it were, which is the common parlance, how to stand out and uh, do something different, which will be the flow after you, you follow some of the, the tools that we're talking about. It just takes a little time. And then also we're going to offer, we're going to start in conjunction with us, because it'll be us, running rituals every two weeks. That is going to come up very soon. Um, Live rituals, full rituals. In fact, if you haven't been uh, noticing my Facebook, personal Facebook, not author account, got banned because we posted a bath may ritual, which I'm still upset about. Like, why? Why? Over bath may, somebody reported me as being a terrorist. Jerks. Jerks. Well, at least, it, you know, the Sufi phrase, if you haven't made a thousand enemies, you haven't really lived, right? But anyway, we're going to start doing rituals every two weeks. We're still trying to work out which rituals we're going to do when, but we're almost sure that that first ritual will either be a Legba or Ganesh ritual, as is appropriate. Mm -hmm. It'll be one of the two. They're both here behind me. We don't know which one we're going to do. Uh, you know, either a road opener one way or another, and the second ritual will probably be a road opener of the other. Why would we might necessarily need road openers when the world's closing all the worlds? Well, that's obvious. <laughs> Um, we might, uh, we're also going to be running micro rituals, uh, other rituals, protection rituals, all kinds of stuff. Uh, those rituals generally are going to be totally, totally, totally free just to attend. And if people want us to light a candle and with their name on it, we will have a sponsorship program. So that is like some of the sponsorship that you guys said. Next week, we're going to broadcast this out to Zoom. But if you want to get on the Zoom and ask us questions like you did this week, which we already got a couple people who were sponsors, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, that we'll take your questions in line. Uh, and the second hour will be for the 10 sponsors at the Wuxi Zen. You know, but we'll, we're still going to post a podcast on our anchor, uh, our new anchors. Uh, Spotify podcast host that's free. So we're going to post that every week. It's not going to be every week. We're going to do it every other week. Uh, like for the lead sponsors, notice the alchemical themes. Uh, we're going to basically let you come in for the first hour and have chat. So it's only five bucks for that, 10 bucks for the, uh, the four, two hours where we start going over techniques. And next, in two weeks, I'll tell you, it'll justify the, uh, the sponsorship right there because we're going to go on to how to manipulate and in the second hour manipulate and use terror as a magical fuel for positive means of which there's a lot of terror right now that could be 
uh, actually adapted. And unlike certain other occult authors, I actually give the beans because we appreciate you sponsoring us uh, in a real way. Yep. We'll, we'll give you the goods. Uh, and I'll be honest about what the bad side of that is. There is a bad side, and it's not what you think. It's not, it's not what people think at all. So we'll definitely go over that. That's what we're going to cover in two weeks. What is two weeks from now, Zach? Two weeks from now, let's see. That would be the 19th. 19th will be that show. We'll still be in COVID. We know that. Uh, and the first hour, we'll talk much more about um, curse work in the age of uh, COVID, why negative magic works so much better, what the problems are of using negative magic, uh, the practical problems of using negative magic. It's also not what you think of using negative magic when there's a pandemic uh, or any kind of disaster. It isn't what you think in practice. It isn't the karmic backlash or stuff like that. There are problems though. Um, and mostly it comes down to a lot of magicians not having enough discipline to do this or they get out of control. But we'll cover that in two weeks. Uh, and uh, we covered the website. We covered the rituals. What else we got going on, Zach? Anything else? Oh yeah, we're going to roll out sleep meditations as well out of the Wujijan clinic within the next few weeks. So we'll be doing a 9 to 10 Eastern Standard Time free sleep meditation um, to help everyone sleep to kind of dispel anxiety every single uh, every single day. It'll run every work day. It may run every day, although yep. some competing events on, on Saturday because we're running rituals eight to probably whenever we finish the ritual on Saturdays so we can have a day to recover. And who knows? Jason might lead a ritual. I might lead a ritual. Oh, Rebecca might lead a ritual. I don't know. Zach might lead a ritual. There's lots of people who might come in. A, you might get other uh, occult authors who are not so conspiratorial coming to lead a ritual. I know that was a good one, right? Right, Jason? Yep, yep. You never know. Lots of people might want to run one, so it might not just be us. Uh, there's lots of people that Pretty happy we're returning to the blogosphere, as it were, the podcast sphere. And with that, everyone ready to do the exercise? Banished by laughter? Yep. Let's get on with it. Feet on the floor. <laughs> Wait, we, we got to actually get the feet on the floor first. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not again, sorry. Tien, right? Yeah, I know, right? Got to find your lower Tien, which goes to one of the questions in the chat room. It does matter necessarily what emotional state you are in because the laughter will take care of it. But it does help if you can find your lower Tien so your uh, laughter kind of reverberates through your whole body. It's a better effect. So find your lower Tien. And Zach earlier described how to do that with the four fingers below the belly and then just kind of follow your intention in order until you hit that special point that you know where you just feel like it clicks, there's a boost of energy, maybe it's a sub more subtle feeling, you'll know that special space where you kind of follow four fingers below the belly button, just your intention goes in and until it's just like you feel that special sensation, you know it's right there, once you feel it, just breathe, 
Take a deep breath in. Exhale. And then laugh. <laughs> oh, we're done. We started moving, right? That was enough. <laughs> stop welcome back this has been an episode of deeper down the rabbit hole and stay safe and healthy in our current new reality <laughs> <laughs>